trust that that is your prayer. Lord, be glorified in me. Amen. What a blessing it is. Well, let's all stand if you're able. And if you're not, just hey, sit right there and we'll pray. And uh, then Brother Tony, come leads to the song. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the wonderful day that, Lord, we can come and to fellowship with the brethren, to hear the preaching, teaching of thy word. And I pray tonight that, Lord, you'll just have your will and way in the service. Pray that you'll speak to hearts as only you can. And, Lord, just meet every need that's in this room tonight. And, Lord, I'll just, Lord, give you the praise in advance for what you're going to do. Thank you for all you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brother Thorne. The will go to page 570. 570. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. <coughs> Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe it veils below, let all our strength be home. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory. Faith is a victory, oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on her every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield. Faith is a victory, faith is a victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven then upward from the hills of light our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the host of night in jesus conquering name faith is a victory faith is a victory You can be seated. All right, we're going to go to the Lord and pray for the offering. I would ask you to continue to pray for a friend of mine in Illinois named John. And I mentioned him several weeks ago. He's going through some, some things, uh, he and his family, and some addiction things. And so um, trying to get back on track. And his wife messaged me tonight and said um, he was asking for his Bible and for his um, promises book. Uh, from promises in the Bible. So he's making some progress. He's uh, trying to get some things right. So you continue to pray for him. I told, him, told her we were praying for him. And so just pray for John, if you would, all right? And how about John? Leave us in prayer, would you? <laughs> Yes. Uh, meet his needs, 
Let me help you. Yes, Father. Yes. Yes, Father. Amen. Page 595, 595, just remain seated, we'll sing all three verses.
Christ my Savior, see him hanging on the tree. Yes, he suffered and died there to save me. He has precious my salvation, I am evermore his child. Hallelujah, say that tonight, that he is my Savior and my King. He's Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let Brother Tony come. Susie King, get his breath here. Let him both sing them out tonight. Amen. <laughs> Page 674. We're going to do the one where the Lord be glorified in my church, if I can find the page. Uh, verse 3 says, in my church, Lord be glorified. Amen. We'll sing it that verse. In my church, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In your church, Lord, be glorified today. It's the Lord's church in your church. In your 
Take your bulletin, if you would, please. And uh, just a few announcements. And don't forget the sign-up sheets down here. One for the appreciation banquet, one for uh, the shower, wedding shower, and then another with the couple's retreat. And um, the appreciation banquet is very, very important. That's this Saturday. And so uh, if you plan on attending that, please sign up today because Paul will need to get a number uh, to start uh, preparing for food this week. And so if you, uh, if you could, please sign up for that today. And uh, that'd, be, that'd be appreciative. Thank you for, for that. And uh, then we'll meet at 6 o'clock on Saturday for our appreciation dinner. And, uh, and so it'll be just downstairs. Looking forward to that. And so we will have bus visitation that morning. We'll meet here at 10 o'clock if you're able to help with that. And uh, like I said, we're not going to keep you out long. And uh, we're not going to put you out in the cold. So we'll take good care of you. So if you can show up and be a help to us at 10 o'clock. Many hands make light work. And so we've got some new um, bus uh, little pamphlets, to, uh, flyers to pass out, some bus tracks that's very appealing. And so I think it'll be, it'll be a help to us. And so... Uh, if you can meet at 10 o'clock, that'd be helpful. And then be praying for our rally in the valley with Brother Steve Pickett. And he'll uh, be staying over for Sunday and our anniversary Sunday, a 42-year celebration. And uh, what a testimony. So thankful to God uh, that we'll be able to be a part of that. And so I'll uh, be praying for that meeting. And once again, we'll have a combined Sunday school up here. Uh, no Sunday school uh, for the teens on up and because we'll have all the tables and stuff set up for that. And so uh, we'll have a lunch and then uh, a PM service. And then look at all these things going in the month of February. Please make note of those things. And uh, then happy birthday this week to Miss Angie. Congratulations to her. All right? All right, won't you stand with us one more time? And Tony's going to come listen to us song. Page 509, 509. We'll sing all four verses. All four verses. <laughs> Take time to be holy, speak off with our Lord, abide in Him always, and feed on His Word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting and nothing His blessing to seek. Time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends and thy conduct is likeness to see. Time to be holy, let him be thy God, and run not before him, whatever be time. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord, and looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Time to be holy, be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to mountains of love, thou soon shall be fitted for service. 
above. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Well, you get your Bibles ready, if you will. Brother Lane will be preaching in just a few moments, and Ms. Rachel's going to come sing for us. child I was afraid when storms came when thunder roared and lightning flash I would run and try to hide when my father held me close and whispered child be not afraid I was safe in my father's arms now I am safely sheltered in Jesus' loving arms. While all the storms rage in my life, as I go from day to day, no matter what the storms may bring, I know that soon the sun will shine. I'm always safe in my Father's arms. Though I have wronged, I know I am His child still. He's never left. He's been right here by my side along the way. And when time for me is gone, I'll have no fear to travel on. I'll be safe in my Father's arms. Now I am safely sheltered in Jesus' loving arms. While all the storms rage in my life, as I go from day to day, no matter what the storms may bring, I know that soon the sun will shine. I'm always safe in my Father's arms. No matter what the storms may bring, I know that soon the sun will shine. I'm always safe in my Father's arms. Rachel, appreciate that. Well, take your Bibles, if you would, please, and um, we're going to be, we're going to springboard up from uh, John 15, continuing this thought about continuing in his love, and also, if you'll, you'll just maybe find Psalm 119, uh, we're going to be there uh, later on in the, uh, the reading here. We won't read the whole chapter. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. <laughs> It'd be all right, though, wouldn't it, to go by uh, quickly? But uh, we'll start out in John 15, and uh, let's begin reading in verse number 9. John 15, verse number 9. The Word of God says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
These things have I spoken unto you that, ye, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. I've had you mark this expression in verse number 9, in the latter part of the verse, where the Lord Jesus speaking here says, Continue ye in my love. And so in this passage of Scripture, this verse, verse number 9, um, the Bible says, As the Father hath loved me, Jesus says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And then he tells his followers and he tells us, and he instructs us to continue ye in my love. And we've talked about this. This, this is two different words here. Um, the, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Uh, that's the, uh, to feel and exhibit esteem and goodwill to a person, to prize and delight in. And so um, the Father delights in the Son, as the Father hath loved the Son, delighted in the Son, prized the Son, so He prized and delighted and loved us. And then He says here in the latter part of the verse, continue ye in my love. That's the agape love. That's the love in action for the glory of God. This um, uh, brotherly love, this affection, goodwill, benevolence. It speaks about uh, the love of believer to believer, the love of men towards God, God towards man, God towards Christ, and the love of Christ towards men. And so once again, it's the agape love. So he says, continue in my love, continue in this charity. It's translated uh, often the word charity. Um, the word loved there. As the Father hath loved me, so I loved you. Uh, 142 times it's used in the Word of God. And 135 times it's translated love. Seven times it's translated beloved. And so a little bit different play on the words. But Jesus says here to his disciples, and he says to us, he says, continue ye in my love. We understand. And we've seen that uh, God's love has been declared. It has been demonstrated. And he has brought deliverance. And we praise God for that. And so uh, God is our source of love. We understand that. We've seen that. Uh, we're able to love because God first loved us. Um, in the passage of 1 John, the Bible tells us that. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. And then he says in verse number 19, we love him because he first loved us. You know, the Bible tells us in Philippians, Paul, under inspiration of the Spirit of God, Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 13, the Bible says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, how in the world am I going to love Christ like I need to love Christ? How am I going to love the church like I need to love the, how am I going to crave his word and love the craving of his word like I need to crave his word? How am I, how am I going to love uh, communicating the gospel and crucifying the flesh? The Bible even tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, in verses 43 and 44, listen to this. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Jesus says, but I say unto you, Love your enemies. 
Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's that agape love. Love in action. Hey, love your enemies, Jesus says. How, How in the world are we gonna do that? How in the world are we expect? Hey, why? Because he first loved us. He is our source of love. By his power, uh, we're able to uh, access that source of love and love like we ought to love. Outside of him, we're not going to be able to do that. We have to have his help. We have to have his strength. We have to have his heart. We have to have his mind. And he'll help us through that because it's he that worketh in us. Both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And so he's our source of love. We've talked about uh, last time, I believe, about our love for Christ. How's my love for Christ? Jesus said, continue ye in my love. How's my love for Christ? How's your love for Christ? Our director, our dunamis, our power and strength, our deliverer. We've talked about loving Christ. And I ask you again, how is your love for Christ tonight? How is my love for Christ? After all he's done for me, after all that he's done for me, how can I do less than give him my best and live for him completely? By the way, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus, listen, that's the first step you need to take is come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you and God loves me. God loves uh, every individual. God loves you. All men are sinners, the Bible says. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's all men are sinners. Sin must be paid for. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ paid that penalty? He paid that debt. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay, but Lord Jesus paid it for me. But God, Romans 5, 8, commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I must personally pray and uh, by faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And uh, that's how I become a child of God. Uh, that's uh, how at the, about the age of eight years old, I was birthed into the family of God and I was given the gift, the gift, not a gift, The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I'm thankful for his love. And uh, it ought to compel me, ought to constrain me to be what I ought to be for Christ. But how's my love for Christ? And we don't have time to go back into that. But we ought to uh, think about it. We ought to ask ourselves, how's our love for Christ? But tonight, I want you to go a little bit different direction. And I want to ask you tonight um, about... How's your love for the craving of his word? I told you when we first started out in this that if we can get our love for Christ settled, all these other things will fall into place. The craving of his word, um, the love of the church, the love of communicating the gospel, the love of crucifying this old flesh. um, All these other things will fall right into place if we can get get settled this matter of our love for Christ. Um, And we're commanded to love the Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind, and with all of thy strength. 
Several times that, that, that expression is um, used in Scripture. In the Old Testament, Jesus repeats it in the New Testament. And when Jesus tells us to love the Lord thy God, hey, he's talking about himself because Jesus is God. But he, I know he, he's referring to the Father in heaven. But Jesus is God. And we ought to love Christ. And so that's where it all starts. And so if we can get a hold of the truth that we ought to love Christ... And, and answer the question, how's my love for Christ? And get it where it needs to be. And by the way, that's a daily thing. I think it's a daily thing. I think it's getting up every single day and say, Lord, I'm crucifying self today. I'm wreck-. Just as Tony was talking about Sunday school, wrecking yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto Christ. Alive unto Christ because of what he's done for us on the cross. But what about this craving for his word? How's your love for the craving of his word. Go with me to Psalm chapter number 119. And man, this whole chapter is just filled with truths about the word of God. It's broken up into eight verse segments, and every single eight verse segment has some type of reference to the word of God, the statutes, the commandments, the testimonies, the truths of the Lord. But According to Psalm 119 and verse number 165, do you know that one of the main reasons that you and I don't experience the great peace of God and why we get offended as often as we do is because that we don't love the law, we don't love the word of God as we should. Verse number 165, we're going to be all over this chapter tonight, but verse number 165 tells us great peace, not just peace, but great peace. Great peace. That's an adjective we use to describe something that's really, really good. You know, that roller coaster was great. That banana pudding was great. That honey was great. We got some honey from southern states. You said southern states. Yes, the homemade honey. I mean, it's a local honey. And um, it's good honey. And it's great honey. It's, you know, he says great peace. Great peace have they which love thy law. That's the word of God. That's the commandments. That's the testimonies. That's the statutes that he refers to. The Bible. (laughs) Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. One of the main reasons you and I don't experience the great peace of God. And we get offended at so many things. Is because we don't love the law of God like we ought to. Great peace out there, which love the Lord. Nothing shall offend them. When's the last time you got offended? When's the last time I got offended? Well, I, I probably need to work on loving, loving the law of God a little bit more and dying to this old self, which we'll, we'll deal with later in this message about this love for crucifying self. But yeah, because we don't love the law of God like we ought to do. We don't love the Bible like we ought to, to love the word of God. And Pastor Reference this scripture this morning, and I, I won't take time to reread what he read, but it's a great passage of scripture in uh, the book of Deuteronomy. And let's just pick up reading in verse number 18. I'll just read it to you, you don't have to turn there. Deuteronomy 17, verse number 18, and, and this is referring to, Pastor referred to this morning about uh, giving Moses his instruction when the king uh, is, uh, when you've elected a king, and he, Moses gives his foresight, God gives him the knowledge when you. Uh, get a king, and he talks about that. 
um, and what you should do, what he shouldn't do, and not multiplying wives, it turns his heart away from God. And he says in verse number 18 of that passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy 17, it says, And it shall be when he, the king, sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest and the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn the fear of the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes and do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. This was a devotion several weeks ago, and I cut it out in, in our last devotional, Rooted in Christ. Uh, and, he's, and Brother Chapel said, long before Israel foolishly rejected God in search of a king to rule over them, God gave instruction to Moses for what the king should do when he assumed the throne. One of the critical assignments that we just read, each king was supposed to follow, was to make for himself a handwritten copy of the law of God from the scrolls carefully kept and preserved by the priest. This would be a labor-intense task that would consume a great amount of time in the life of a busy man with many responsibilities. Yet God commanded that the investment of time and effort be made. This command illustrates the vital priority that the word of God should have in our lives. That's a great truth. And God sets it forth before the king was ever come into play. He, he's God's omniscient. I mean, he knew exactly what Israel was going to do. He knew exactly when they got in the land, they were going to want a king like all the other nations. And he said, when that happens, through Moses, he says, when that happens, this is what he is to do. Make his own copy of the word of God. And that wasn't the complete, that complete copy of the word of God. That was just the Torah, the Old Testament law, okay? And so that's what he's referring to here. And, you know, I, I believe David did this. Listen, uh, and this helped him to, to become the man of God that God desired for him to be. The Word of God tells us that, that David was a man after God's own heart. Go with me to 1 Samuel, would you? You're in, you're, you're in, um, in Psalm 119. You can hold your place there. And flip back to 1 Samuel chapter number 13. First Samuel chapter number 13. Of course, this is Samuel speaking to King Saul, the first king of Israel, that they chose, that God here rejects. But look at verse number 14 of First Samuel chapter number 13. Samuel says to Saul, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. 
The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Now go over to chapter number 16, would you? And look at verse number 5. So Samuel comes to Jesse's house. Jesse was the father of David. Because that's what God instructed him to do. And the Bible says in verse number 5, you know, they didn't know why he was coming. The elders of the town, man, here comes the prophet. Are we in trouble? What's going on? And so in verse number 5, Samuel says peaceably, and he said peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were done that he looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. In other words, he's looking for for a king. He's looking for this man after God's own heart that God has sent him to find. And he sees the eldest. He sees Eliab. And said, surely this this is the one. This is the anointed one. This is the one that God's picked. But, verse number 7, the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For the Lord... For the Lord looketh on the out, excuse me, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come thither, till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in, and he was ruddy, and with all a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And look what the Lord said, Arise. Anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. The Lord looketh on the heart. He says, arise, this is he. The Lord Lord knew his heart. He found a man after his own heart. God was looking at his heart and he saw David. He says, this is who I want to be king. A man after mine own heart. In Acts 13, 22, the Bible says, And when he had removed him, referring to Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Have you ever thought about how David had a heart like that? I mean, did he just wake up one day and 
poof. There it was. It just, it just was there. Of course not. I believe that his heart became the way, that way because of the love and adoration that he had for the word of God. And I think you can see that. I mean, you can see it all throughout the Psalms. You can see it through David's actions. Now, David wasn't a perfect man, understanding. You understand that. We have David's life before us. We see his failures, his two great failures that's mentioned in the Word of God. And by the way, he paid dearly for, that, for those failures. But his heart was, was a heart that was after God. Look with me, if you will, in this Psalm 119. I want you to see this because it shows, I really believe, David's love for the Word of God. His craving for the Word of God. I believe you can see it as we read some of these passages of Scripture in Psalm 119. Look with me in verse number 97. And we'll read down through verse number 106. Psalm 119, verse number 97. The psalmist says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. Because I, have, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore... I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. There's no doubt that David had a love for the word of God. And I, I wonder not about my craving for the word of God. My, my love for the craving of the word of God. Do I, do I crave it like that? Oh, how I love the, thy law, the psalmist said. It is my meditation all thy day. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, honey's good if you get some good honey. I'm telling you, we got some good honey the past couple of weeks. My mother-in-law's done putting it in her tea and uh, and that's just for biscuits and toast. And I don't know if you waste it on tea, but she's putting it in her tea. We get it out for lunch. If we have something, you can put it on and supper. And when nobody's looking and they leave the spoon in that thing, I. Because I, I don't want to waste it. It's good honey. David says, How sweet are thy words in my taste? Yea, sweeter than honey. To my mouth, David loved the word of God. Look at verses 111 through verses 119. He said, thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. 
Think about that. The they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statues always. Even unto the end, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe. I will have respect unto thy statues continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimonies. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth... Therefore, I love thy testimonies, David says. David loved the word of God. Look at verses 127 through 129. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold. That's a pretty good love, isn't it? Above gold. That was the monetary value of that. I mean, gold. David. I love it more than money. I love it more than riches. Yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. Look at verse number 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to to thy loving kindness. Verse number 163. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I, do you see it? Love. Verse number 167. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. I love them exceedingly. In these passages of scripture, these verses that we can see very clearly that David loved the word of God. That the word of God was a vital part of his kingdom, of his ministry, of his life. David loved the word of God. The psalmist in Psalm 1, an unknown psalmist, we don't know who wrote it. And we don't know when it was written. But he says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse number two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And then listen to this promise. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I wonder, do we love the Word of God like that? Are we delighting in the Word of God? Are we craving the Word of God like we ought to? The word blessed here in this first verse is a Hebrew word, really that's plural 
in number and very expressive. It means all the blessedness. All the blessedness of the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the uh, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scorpion, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is that man. All the blessedness of those that meditate on the word of God. One author said there's a difference between meditation and memorization. I thought this was good. Whereas memorization is to know what is being said, meditation is to do what is being said. Memorization is knowing what is being said. Meditation is to do what is being said. And he said, God would rather you do what you know than know what you do. That's pretty good. I thought of Samuel when he talked to Saul and he heard the bleeding of the sheep. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I think that's a good example of that. So what about delighting in the law of the Lord? God says we ought to delight in the law of the Lord. I believe David delighted in the law of the Lord. Can, can, you, can you pick that up from these, these verses that we read? Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Blessed is he that readeth, heareth the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. David, David had a love for the Word of God. It's very evident in these just simple verses that we read. And I'm asking you tonight, I'm asking me tonight, how's my love for the craving of the Word of God? I mean, do I desire, desire it like David desired? Do I crave it like David craved it? Is it my meditation all the day? I mean, is it the most important, is it, is it better to me than fine gold? I mean, is it sweeter than honey to me? It was to David. Let me just give you a, a few simple thoughts I think we can see out of these verses, some of these verses here. I think we can see that David desired the word of God. He desired it. Verse 10 and 11, look, look with me. This is, this is all in this chapter, Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. David, David desired the word of God. Verse number 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. He says, make me to understand. He desired to understand the precepts of God. Verse number 33 and 34. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall Observe it with my whole heart. Verse number 124 and 125. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. 
I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Look at verse number 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. David, David loved the word of God, and he desired the word of God. That's how we can tell he loved it, because he had a desire for it. How's your desire for the word of God? How's my desire for the word of God? David desired the word of God. The Bible says that David declared the word of God. Verse number 13. With my lips have I declared all the ju my judgments of my mouth. Verse number 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings. And when I, I will not be ashamed. Verse number 172. Got to flip over a couple pages to get to that one. That's toward the end. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. Not only do we find that David showed his love for the word of God by desiring the word of God, he showed his love for the word of God by declaring the word of God. Before kings, he said, I'm not going to be ashamed. With my lips... I've declared all thy judgments. David declared it. I mean, he spoke it. He shared it. That's what we ought to do. It's the truth. I mean, it's the, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know what's going to bring the sinner to Christ? The word of God. You don't get saved without the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. At some point, the Word of God's got to get in there. David, David declared the Word of God. That's how we know he loved him. He declared it. I, I, love, I love what he says there in verse number 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. I don't care who it is. I'm going to declare thy precepts. And we ought to declare it. David showed his love by desiring the word of God. David showed his love by declaring the word of God. David showed his love by delighting in the word of God. Verse number 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Think about that for just a moment. That's a pretty high delight. As much as in all riches, he said, I delighted in thy testimonies. I rejoiced in them. And if you rejoice in something, you're delighted, amen? Right. <clears throat> Verse number 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Verse number 24, thy testimonies also are mine. Do you see it? delight verse number 35 make me to go in the path of thy commandments for therein do I do you see it delight verse number 47 and I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved verse number 70 their heart is as fat as grease 
That's a pretty crazy statement, but I guess it's kind of like I was feeling yesterday when I was drinking that Mountain Dew coming home. It just kind of floats you up. I guess fat as grease. Their heart is fat as grease. He says, but I delight, I delight in thy law. David showed his love by delighting in the word of God. Verse number 77. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live. Do you see it? For thy law is what? My delight. Look at verse number 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law, thy law is my delight. David showed his love by desiring the word of God, by declaring the word of God, by delighting in the word of God. David showed his love for the word of God by daily being in the word. Look at verse number 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation. Do you see it? All the day. All the day. Daily. There's other passages you could, you could go to. We won't take the time, but daily we ought to be in the Word of God. David was daily in the Word of God. Joshua tells us in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Success in God's eyes is related to the Word of God. David was daily in the Word of God. David showed his love by departing from those who didn't desire to keep the Word of God. Verse number 115. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. David departed from those who did not desire to keep the Word of God. You've got to be careful the company you keep. Remember, Amnon had a friend. Didn't turn out so good for him. Didn't give the counsel that the word of God would have given. And Amnon messed up his life. Rapes his sister. And then leaves her. David departed from those who didn't desire to keep the word of God. You've got to be careful who you allow to influence your life. I wrote, the word of God was delicious to David, verse 103. That's about the, the honey. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It was delicious to David. Is it delicious to me? Is it delicious to you? David was directed by the word of God, verse number 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He was directed by it. And David didn't forget the word of God, verse number 151. Excuse me, verse number 141. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that showed that David loved the word of God. His desire for the word of God. His declaration of the word of God, declaring the word of God. His delight in the word of God. Daily being in the Word of God, departing from those who didn't keep the Word of God, it being delicious to him, being directed by the Word of God, 
not declining from the Word of God. We didn't talk about that one. He didn't decline from the Word of God, verse number 51 and 157. And he didn't forget the Word of God. Listen, I'm asking me tonight, I'm asking you, how's your love for the craving of the Word of God? It's God's God's Word that's going to guide you, that's going to direct you. It's God's Word that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That pierced the dividing asunder of soul and spirit to the joints and marrow and is discerned of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's a lot of other things about the Word of God we'll get to in another time. But I read this, and perhaps some, some of you guys read this um, on the 7th of January about Jonathan Goforth in our Proverbs book. You'll remember it. It's a great story. One of the greatest missionaries uh, of the past, Jonathan Goforth, uh, labored for decades among the, the, the people of China. And, um, but the, the story goes to say that he spent prolonged hours reading and studying God's word. And if you remember the story, it said, Late in his life, disease robbed go forth of his eyesight. Since he could no longer read the Bible for himself, he would have some of the young men who were training for the ministry come in and read to him in Chinese. In Miss Goforth's biography, Go Forth, the Chi- go Forth of China, Written after her husband's death, Miss Goforth described how each time one of those readers would skip a verse or read one incorrectly, Goforth would correct him. Goforth had spent so much time in the scripture that he knew virtually the entire Bible by heart. The effectiveness of his ministry was based in the power of the Word of God. He, his life became so saturated with the Word of God. He was so in love with the Word of God. And, you, and you've experienced this. I mean, probably not to this degree. I've not experienced it to this degree. But when somebody quotes a verse, I mean, you can, wait a minute, that's not the right version. Or that's the wrong verse. Or they're misquoting that. Or they left out a word. I mean, because you've been in the Word of God. Anybody that's been in the Word of God in a length of time, you know, you know what he's referring to there. But Jonathan Goforth was, I mean, he, he would read, I mean, wait a minute. Nope, that's not, he had it in his heart and mind. Because he had, he had been so much in the Word of God. He had delighted so much in it. He had dealt so much in it. He was directed so much by it. Uh, he didn't forget it. It was precious to him. And so may the Word of God be precious to us. We'll give you some, some thoughts maybe later in the week. The next time I preach on, on why we can trust the Word of God. Father, help us tonight to consider this question. How's my love? How's my craving for the Word of God? We believe the statement, it's impossible to be a spiritual person without being a scriptural person. We understand that we're not going to be the Christian that you desire for us to be apart from your word. And God, I pray that my own heart tonight would crave the word of God. It would love the word of God. I pray that all of us tonight would do a soul searching and ask ourselves, do we love the word of God? Do we crave the word of God like we ought to love it and crave it? Oh, may we uh, love it and desire it and meditate upon it. Memorize it, read it, study it, live it. So many things we could say about it. But Father, just help us tonight to get a hold of this truth and this thought. How's my love for the craving of the Word of God? 
Help me to crave the Word of God, to love the Word of God, and uh, to make it a priority in my life every single day, daily as David did, meditating upon the precepts of God. Fill us with thy spirit. Use us for your honor and glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Number 470 is the hymn of invitation. And perhaps tonight God spoke into your heart. And maybe, maybe you need to reevaluate some things. I mean, it's still early in the year. And there's still time to get on a Bible reading plan. There's still time to make some commitments to God about this matter of craving the Word of God. What about tonight? Would you, would you talk to the Lord about it as we sing this song number 470? I have decided to follow Jesus. This is a decision we make. Let's sing the song. Pastor, be down front. If you, if you need to come, you come. If you need to be saved, you come as we sing. Uh, Can, you, can, we, can we do a little change on that first verse? Would you, we're going to sing it one more time. And I don't know how else to go. We'll just try it, all right? I have decided to love the Bible. I have decided to love the Bible. I have decided to love the Bible. No turning back. No turning back. Let's, let's just put the words in there. I know the song, I didn't put it like that. But let's, let's pray that to God in song tonight. Would you sing that with me? I have decided to love the Bible. I have decided to love the Bible. I have decided to love the Bible. No turning back. No turning back. Maybe we should have said God's holy word there instead of turning back. Hey, you get the picture, right? God, help us to love the Bible, uh, God's holy word. Father, help us tonight um, as we go our separate ways. Father, I pray that you just created us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us concerning the truth of thy word. May we love its precepts. May we delight in it. May we spend daily time in it. May we desire it. May we uh, declare it. All of these truths that we've looked at tonight that David did that showed his love, his craving for the word of God. Help us to continue in it, Lord. Help us to, to believe in it, to trust it, to apply it to our lives. Be with these folks that are sick, Lord, these folks that are struggling through different things in their lives. Uh, folks that are battling cancer, these many, many, many folks that are 
struggling physically, Father, with sickness. And uh, we pray that you would just move and work. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Thank you for what we have here at our church. For folks that teach the Bible, for this fellowship that we have. For our brothers and sisters in Christ. For this family of God you've given us to be a part of, this church. And help us to love it, I pray, and do our best uh, to represent it. I pray in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.